welcome to the UNT BSM audio resources. If you want more information on the BSM, you can go to untbsm.com. Thanks for listening. How is everyone? Good? All right. So this semester we've been going through uh, the book of First John, right? And we've been seeing, um, or we've been looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so uh, tonight, tonight's reflection question was this. Uh, what does it mean to love someone else and why did you love that person in that way? Um, and so as y'all were sitting there thinking about your answers, maybe there were several different things that came to your mind. Uh, maybe when you think about love, you think about romance, you know? I mean, Valentine's Day was just here. Maybe you think of um, things like The Bachelor, right? Where there's all these, I get confused. The Bachelor is the one with all the girls, right? Yeah, so you think of all these women, right? They're trying to fight over this rose, maybe. Um, or, or maybe you think of, like, acceptance or tolerance. You know, loving someone means you, you believe what you believe over here. I believe this. And, and to love each other means we simply just don't offend one another. Uh, I let you believe what you want to believe, um, and we just coexist. Well, tonight we're going to look at 1 John 3, uh, chapter 3, and John is going to show us uh, what it really means to love. So he's going to give us the right, um, proper, and true definition of love with the purpose of showing us how we can love the brothers. So how we can love those who are uh, fellow Christians. Um, and by loving the brothers, we will show that we truly are followers of Christ. And so we're going to be in uh, verses 11 through 24. So you can open your Bible up. Uh, if you're using White Bible, it's page 592. So starting in verse 11, uh, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you, we know that we have passed out of death and into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. And by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And so, 
we see right off the bat in verse 11 um, that this isn't a new, a new commandment, right? I mean, even in the Old Testament, God's people were called to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so um, John is reminding us, hey, this isn't anything new. We are still going to walk in love towards our brothers if we're of God. Um, but then in verse 12, he mentions Cain, and he uses Cain as an example of this is what it looks like to not walk in love, right? And so are most of you familiar with the story of Cain and Abel? Yeah. So Cain uh, was Adam's son, right? And Cain and Abel, they both offered sacrifices to God, uh, but God was not pleased with with Cain's sacrifice, but he was pleased with Abel's sacrifice. And so this caused jealousy, right? Cain was jealous of Abel. Um, and this jealousy led to anger, and ultimately this anger overflowed into a physical murder, right? So Cain murdered his brother Abel. Um, but we know, right, that, um, or, or let me put it this way. So John says that, um, he asked, why, why did Cain murder him? Like, what was, what was Cain's purpose in doing that? And he says, his, it's because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. And so Jesus, uh, in Matthew 5, says that if we even have anger in our hearts towards our brothers, then we have murdered them in our hearts. Um, so Cain had murdered his brother Abel even before the physical murder. Um, and then before that, when he was worshiping God and offering his sacrifice, he already didn't have a right attitude towards God. He wasn't offering that sacrifice in love towards God. And so we see that that is, we, we see that the progression, right? It started with uh, Cain not having a right relationship with God, not loving him. Then that translated into Cain not loving his brother rightly. Um, and ultimately that led to murder, breaking God's law. So, um, in 13, verse 13, after John has used this example, he says, you know, do not be surprised that the world hates you. Uh, and why, why is that? Why can John say that? Because like Cain, if, if the world does not love God, how are they to know how they can rightly love their brother, right? And so we shouldn't expect, peop we shouldn't expect someone who doesn't know what love is to, to love us, um, in that way. Verse 14, John says, We know that we have passed out of death and into life because we love the brothers, and whoever does not love abides in death. And so this is, this is that idea that those, those who do love their brothers, the only way they're able to do that is because they first know God's love for them. They first have been made right with him um, so they can understand what love is. And then after, after experiencing that love of God, the fruit that, that comes from that is loving your brother. Um, Jesus says in John, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we prove that we have that relationship with Christ when we're acting that out in love towards our brother. And then in comparison or in, or in contrast to that, uh, in 15 it says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 
So why, why is it that no murderer has eternal life? Um, this is because they have broken God's law, right? Um, and it's the same thing with Cain. So yes, there's, we can agree, yeah, okay, murder, probably not loving your brother well. We could probably all agree on that, right? And I would say we could probably agree at most of the Ten Commandments, right? Like stealing or adultery, we'd say, yeah, that's, that's probably not the best way to love my brother. That's, that's probably not loving my brother. Um, it, seems, it seems kind of obvious like that those actions would not be loving. But even as Jesus says, those actions have, have already stemmed from the heart, where we're already having this anger or the, this, these wrong motives towards our brothers that aren't loving. Um, and so we can, all, we can all admit that we've been angry, right, towards someone, or we've harbored some, some sort of hatred towards someone um, in the past. And so if we're using this definition that, that Jesus gives us, then that means we're all murderers, right? Um, and that's, that's a pretty, um, like a hard thing to, to understand or to grasp or to admit to ourselves is that that's who we are, um, that we've all broken God's law. And so, according to John, then we must not have eternal life if that's the case. Um, but we see that the only way that we can is through Christ— so, Romans 5, 8 says, You know, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is how John can say in verse 16, that by this we can know love. That Christ, that he, he laid down his life for us, and so because of that, we should be laying down our lives for, our, for the brothers, for our brothers. Um, and so John is, is presenting this definition of love, and he's saying this, what Christ has done for us, this is what love is. And because of this, we should now act in this same way towards our brothers. Um, this, this type of love is sacrificial. It's not seeking its own. It's unconditional. There's no, it never ends, right? There's not going to be a day where all of a sudden you've lost God's love for you. It's undeserved. So we often call that that undeserved part grace, right? It's undeserved. Um, there is nothing, we were sinners, there is nothing that we did that would cause God to offer that love to us. He simply did that because he wanted to, because he did love us. And so John presents this example or this definition of what love is. And then in verse 17, he kind of gives us some more practical, how does this play out? How do we do this? He says, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how can God's love abide in him? And so... It's kind of this thing where if, later in 1 John, John's going to say God is love. And so, if that is true, then if we're not walking in love, or we're not acting in a loving way towards the brothers, that might be a sign that maybe we don't know God. Because if we did know God, and we did understand this love that Christ has for us, then we would act in accordance to that. 
But John also shows here that, that loving our brothers can look like simply meeting their needs. So here he, he talks about more material things, right? Um, and this could be one way that that plays out. But um, this could also look differently. So I could have one brother who maybe is having a hard day, and in order to meet his needs, I offer him encouragement, or I spend time with him. And then I might have this brother over here who um, maybe he just needs dinner or needs, he, he, I don't know, needs something more material, like um, his fridge is broke and you fix it because you know how to do that. And so there's, there's two, it might look differently. Loving your brother might look differently depending on the need that that, that brother might have. But ultimately, it's stemming from this same place, or the motivation is the same. Um, and we, by doing this, are imitating Jesus, because Jesus meets all of our needs, right? When we're um, sad or mourning, Jesus comforts us. When we're anxious, Jesus gives us peace. Um, he forgives us of our sins. He has given us, or he has met our greatest need, our need for salvation, our need to be reconciled to God. And so in this same way, we're imitating Jesus and his love for us when we meet the needs of the brothers. Um, but then in verse 18, John goes on to say, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And here he's, he's just saying, you know, don't just say that you love your brother, right? Actually, actually love them with your actions. Um, and in the same way, God did this for us. He said he loves, he says he loves us, but he doesn't leave it at that. He backs that up with his actions. And so he proves his love for us by sending Christ. And so we can know that God loves us because Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, so we, kind of, we probably get this, you know, word, deed, right, actions, words, matching up. But what is this in truth part? What does it mean to love in truth? And here, I believe John's talking about the genuineness of our love or the, mo the motivation, right, that it's, it's, it's not empty actions. We're not doing it out of obligation, but it's because we genuinely want to serve our brothers. Uh, most of us are probably familiar with uh, the love passage, 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul lays it out. He says, this is what love is, right? Love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. And so we have this definition in the Bible that's this given and laid out for us. And so while our actions in loving our brothers might look differently, we can measure those against this definition. You know, if you're ever thinking, how, how can I serve my brother? How can I love him? Well, you can measure those actions against that definition and say, well, is this, is this kind? Is this showing this person patience? Is this, if it's rude, then it's, it's clearly not love, Right? So he gives you examples of this. And so 
John is saying that when you walk in love, you will show the world that you do know who God is. And so the verses uh, after this, 19, 20, 21, these are referring to people who are walking in love towards their brothers. Um, And so he's going to refer to two different types of people. And so um, verse 19, he says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. I think these are probably the most confusing verses of this whole passage. What is John even talking about? Um, Right? And so when he says, by this, he is saying, um, you know, if we love our brothers, we can have assurance. We can have assurance of our salvation. Um, But even if this is the case, there are still times where we might feel condemnation for whatever reason. Maybe it is um, we feel condemnation for for something we're struggling with currently. Maybe it's we still feel condemnation for something that we've done in the past. And so here John is saying that if you're loving your brothers, you you can have assurance um, because God is greater than your heart. So when you feel that condemnation, you should know that if you're in Christ, there is no more condemnation for you. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we can know that if we are saved and we're doing these things, we can know that we are under God's grace. Um, and so we, when he says greater than our hearts, we think about that and we know that the truth of God's grace is different than our feelings in the moment. So our feelings aren't what determine our relationship with God or how God views us. It's the truth, the truth that we see in Scripture, the truth um, that it's God's grace that saves us through faith, not our, not our own works. And so whenever we, we feel this false condemnation, John is reassuring this person and saying, you, there is no more condemnation for you. You can have assurance The other person um, is the one who does not experience condemnation. And John is saying, if this is you, you have confidence before God. You know, if you're walking in love towards your brother and you, you do not experience this condemnation, that is good because you aren't under condemnation anymore. And in verse 22, he says, "If if you are the one who is walking in love towards your brother, then whatever you ask from God, you will receive from him um, because we keep his commandments and we do what pleases him. In verse 23, John goes on to say, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. And here, when we, when we look at this right, uh, we see that we keep God's commandments, which are believing in Jesus, placing our trust in him, loving the brothers, then God is going to hear our prayers. And it's the same sort of concept that we've talked about that's in John 15, um, that if you're abiding in Christ, you're abiding in his words, that you can ask God for whatever you wish. 
I mean, John 15 says the purpose of this is so that God will be glorified by us bearing fruit and proving to be his disciples. And so it's this idea that if we are abiding in Christ and we're seeking to love our brothers, then our prayers are going to kind of look something like, God, help me to love this person, or God, humble me here, or God, please grant me self-control in this area so that we can walk in love towards our brothers. And so, of course, God is going to want to answer those prayers, um, of course, because that's what he desires, that you would bear fruit and that you would prove to be his disciples. And so if we are still on occasion like Cain, struggling with this anger in our heart towards our brothers, if we still struggle with that, but we have placed our trust in Jesus, then we can know that, that, that God is going to help us overcome that anger. He's going to help us walk in love towards our brothers. And lastly, in verse 24, it says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. And so we can know, we can have assurance that we are in Christ because once we place our faith in him, we will receive the Holy Spirit. And so maybe it seems like an overwhelming task to love our brothers in this way that that Christ has loved us, but we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one who will help us to love our brothers. The Holy Spirit will bring to mind ways that we can meet their needs, ways that we can serve them. But not only that, the Holy Spirit will empower us and strengthen us to do those things. And so Jesus isn't just leaving us, leaving it up to us, right? He's providing the Spirit who will help us um, to do these things. And so you can know, you can know that if you have placed your faith, faith in Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will bring about this work in your life, and you will walk in love towards the brothers. Um, and with that, let us, let us pray. God, I thank you for this time uh, that we can read your word together. Lord, I pray that you would use your word uh, to shape and change our hearts that we would desire to walk in love towards the brothers, um, and that, Holy Spirit, you would bring to mind ways that we can do this, that you would empower us to do this, and that there would just be increasing fruit in our lives that would show the world that we are your disciples um, and that we do know you, God, and that it would be all for your glory. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.